You may be seated. been a while since I've had the privilege of being up here, and now I need to move some of the ladies' things, but that's okay. You see, you see the sign up here again? Freedom. This, I'm going to talk to you about a topic today that I don't know that I've ever heard a message on. I know I've never preached a message on it. I'm going to talk to you about moral freedom. You see, many times when we see the, the word freedom, we come up with something that just, the red, white, and blue, you know, wars, fights, liberty, just being set free. And so today I want to talk to you about this topic of being set free under moral freedom. Here's something that I know. Many times as I minister on Thursday nights, my wife will say to me, did you have to say that or let people know about some of the issues of my past? And here's what I talk to you. What I, I just am simply re real because here is what I know. You know, there's a scripture in Matthew that says when you're working on an issue in your life and if you don't replace it with something good, it says that spirit travels over dry ground and it comes back. And if, it, if you haven't replaced a characteristic or an issue that you're struggling with with something good, it comes back seven times harder at you than what you've ever experienced before. So if you've ever had some struggles, you need to pay attention to how we're going to talk to you about being able to experience some moral freedom. You see, there's a difference. We come into Christ with salvation. We come into it, we, we accept, we say, Lord, here I am. I'm a sinner. I need to be saved. But then, but then, what, in our salvation experience, do you know what happens? With that, we bring our addictions. We bring our hurts. We bring our pain. We bring our abuse. We bring our disappointments. We bring our broken marriages. We bring our habits into this salvation experience. Now the process of becoming free, morally free, gets simply started with the salvation experience. But that some people, they come and they're instantly set free with drugs and alcohol, simply through salvation. But most, most people, it's a journey. It's a walk. It takes time. It allows the Holy Spirit to begin to peel back a little layers of self, a little getting rid of some of self. And again, as we get rid of some of self, we need to find a way to replace those character habits with something good. And I use those examples many times when I struggle with going to the casino. And I started simply saying, if I knew if I was going to go to the casino Friday night, I was going to go Saturday. And if I was going to go Saturday, I was going to go Sunday after church. And so Friday night, I started making a routine of having dinner appointments as I started working on getting rid of a habit that was beginning to control me so that I could again experience the grace of moral freedom. And so whether you know it or not, the Friday groups, and as much fun as I have there, has been also some type of therapy for me. And I truly do not have any shame in things that are in my past because, you see, those are things that are in my past. And today is what makes, allows me to walk in the freedom of the victory that Christ has given me, not only through salvation, but through moral freedom. And that's why I want to teach you this lesson today. Understand, you know, as Americans, we many times so much just value freedom. We embrace it. And many times I think freedom even gets weakened with each year. It kind of softens us. It kind of, we just kind of hold it at arm's distance on different election. 
then there's a recall, and then there's another this, and we, we just get sometimes fed up with the issues that are going on in all the name of freedom. But you go back, we, as Americans, we enjoy basic freedoms, freedoms of speech, freedoms of press, privacy, worship, etc. In fact, on March 13, 1775, Patrick Henry stood up before the Virginia delegates and he said, give me liberty or give me death. And as he proceeded to go and talk, you know, there was a number of meetings. More meetings continued, and we all know what happened on July 4th, 1776. Out of the outcome of those meetings, this nation was birthed, and the Declaration of Independence was signed. Now, following those 200-plus years of America, we've had numerous wars and battles in the name of freedom. The values that we believe, that we uphold as a nation, men and women have died because of freedom. And so this morning, just as Christ has died for our salvation, he has also died so that we can have moral freedom. I don't know that until the Lord opened my eyes as I was preparing this this past week, that I had ever even really heard that topic of moral freedom. And here, so I'm going to, this is, this is new for me as I go and unpack this for you, okay? And so here as we go, you know, today, all across America, whether you realize it or not, and over the next few weeks leading up to Easter, Pastor Derek's going to be unpacking the word freedom a little more alive for all of us. But many churches today are celebrating there is, and that's why, because I do our Thursday evening program, um, today is kind of like a national substance or awareness day. And so that's why I chose to speak on moral freedom. It's being able to be set free from what controls us. Issues in life, struggles. You see, it doesn't, and many, don't check out on me because you're, some of you are going to think, well, this is church, and I don't have, I'm not an alcoholic, I'm not a drug. Hold on. Just hold on. See where this is going to go, how we need to work on our moral, moral freedom. Webster defines freedom as simply independence, liberty, lack of restraint. You see, that part of Webster's definition is what we're going to work on in moral freedom, lack of restraint. You see, in our walk with the Lord, why do we do what we don't want to do? It's because the old sinful nature, the lack of restraint, of allowing our, of, of him being Lord of every area of our life, allows us sometimes to step forward and the old man in us rises up and we do what we don't want to do. Are you, do you understand that? This is how life is lived for many people. And then we get the call, oh, my marriage is bad. Or this or that. And you see, it's not a matter of what's Christianity. It's not a matter of salvation. It's a matter of learning how to get in line with moral freedom with what God's plan and his word is for your life. There's a huge difference than just taking salvation to have eternity. Eternity is sealed with salvation, but learning how to live and operate and live life blessed and blessed and blessed again on this earth means you need to learn a little bit about moral freedom to be really set free from the issues and the struggles that you may be experiencing here in this life. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1. If you have your Bibles, if you want to turn to that, that's going to be simply my key verse that we're going to be working on. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened by a yoke 
of slavery. Now let me unpack that for you, and this is how as I was studying that verse, how I came up with the term of not only being the title of the message, freedom in Christ, but moral freedom. You see, the stand firm in the Greek would simply be the word steiko, which is to be stationary or to persevere or to keep. But the words freedom in that verse simply means moral freedom in the Greek. So in other words, Jesus died not only for our salvation, but he died so that you and I can learn how to live life as Christ followers, being able to persevere and stand still in the freedom that he got bought for us on the cross. You see, he does, he, what he's saying is issues, struggles that you and I may have experienced no longer need to control us when we learn to experience the moral freedom that he has purchased for you. It's only when you learn how to follow some of these principles that you can truly be free as believers. And so it's stuff that we need to learn, stuff that I needed to learn over a number of years, over a period of time. And so just understand, we're not going to be talking about something weird here. I tease my Thursday night people about when they come and they're not sure what they're going to do. All right, just wait, come back. Three weeks, we bite heads off chickens. You know, it's, if they're really not sure what the, what's going to happen, you've you got to give them a little something weird. But, we, but you know, I, I just goof with them about that. Because th there is nothing weird about being set free, not only with moral freedom or freedom. Today we are going to... I'm going to teach it a little bit like what I would teach on a Thursday night where we simply take a word and we make an acrostic. If you've seen your bulletins, you see the words free. So we're going to four points, F-R-E-E, -E, and I thought, you know, it would be a little lame to try and create a message as long as to finish the D-O-M plus dumb is just dumb. So I wasn't going to go there, okay? And so, you know, it's just, it's just what it is. So we're going to work us, focus on moral freedom under the acrostic of free. And the F is fellowship. Fellowship. We were created for fellowship with our Creator and other believers. Do you know that God desires to have relationship with you so much? And the reason He desires to have relationship with you is because you were created in His image. Now, do some of us look like God? Oh, I hope not. But you know, it's, it's, you see, we're not created, and, and how is it that we're created male or female? We're created with a soul, and that's the part that's created in the image of the Almighty. Okay? We're created in his image in spirit. And so because of that, he desires to have relationship with you. He desires, because, understand this. Do you know that he knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb? And so you were created for a purpose. You were created for his pleasure. You were created in his likeness. You were created to have a purpose on this earth. And if you do not know what that purpose is of what you are supposed to, how you are supposed to live or serve, our Creator, that is something that you need to find out because you, until you learn to operate in what is His purpose and what is His will for your life, many of us are going to be frustrated, feel empty, feel lost even though we're saved. We're going to just be frustrated because we're not living what God has intended for me to live. Just understand that. And, you know, again, we're created for fellowship. Look over to Acts chapter 2. Verse, this is 42 through 47. We're going to finish to the end, end of that chapter. 
Acts chapter 2. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe, and many wonders and miraculous signs were done by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common, selling their possessions and goods, and they have any, and gave to anyone who had need. You see, I, did, I haven't even talked to Pastor Derek yet, but we're, as we're doing our membership class, I think we need to add in another class on, since the market for houses are so terrible, I think a number of you just need to sell those houses and just find a big house and just kind of donate it to the church and allow us to pay our mortgage off and build a huge church. Go back there. How would you like to have lived in those days? They were experiencing moral freedom. They were experiencing freedom. But guess what? The purpose of today is fellowship. You see there, again, it was regardless of how they, the, what they were called to do. We weren't, we're not called to do that today. But we are called to have fellowship not only with God, but with one another. Are you connecting with other people from church during the course of the week? Do you have some Christ-centered friends? I can tell you, um, as I've told many people, Maureen and I have been married an awful long time. The first 10 years of our marriage wasn't always the best. And it was probably a little bit beyond that when we first started having some other Christian couples, because before then it was my friends and her friends. How's that working for you in a young marriage? You see, when we first started having fellowship with other Christian, that's, that's also a, a part of time where the turning point in our relationships continued to grow stronger, for us to be able to experience moral freedom in our personal lives. And God desires you to experience that. Do you believe that? Do you want to have something more than what you've had? Then you need to pay attention because we're going to unpack this little free thing here to talk about moral freedom. You see, God desires through others to bring you some comfort, to bring you some words of hope, to bring you some encouragement, to pray for you. You see, that's why he created wants for us to have fellowship, because he needs other people to come alongside and to just lift you up on occasion. Because who knows, we all don't have nice days like it's outside. Sometimes it's rainy. Sometimes it's storming in our mind or in our lives. And God desires to set you free. That's why freedom is so important. Freedom in Christ. Freedom to do and be that he's called you to be. That leads us to number two. The R in freedom is recovery. Recovery, here's what I teach on Thursday nights. And don't check out on me just because I said that word. Many people, certainly Christians, think recovery is a dirty word. It's almost like I took God's name in vain. I don't need recovery. Why would you even mention that word on Sunday morning? Here's what we teach on Thursday nights. Do you know what recovery equals? Recovery simply equals growing in Christ. You see, the process of growing in Christ is how you walk into moral freedom. It's getting rid of the layers of pain, shame, guilt, depression, attitudes, behaviors, issues that continue to control us and block us from experiencing true freedom in Christ. Do you know, do you, are you aware of that? That's the process. You see, just we need to grab a hold of that, embrace that, and let walk us right into freedom. And we can just get to that cross and to the point where our red, white, and blue blood boils that we salute the cross. And we say, thank you, Jesus, for setting me free. That's the process. That's the process. So hold on. If you think talking about addictions for a few moments that 
hey, I don't have struggles there. Just hold on. Just listen, just listen to a few of the struggles that take place here. Again, our celebrate recovery definition of addiction is this. Anything that controls me. How many of you know that we're not, the Holy Spirit has set us free and we're not to be under control of anything? Do you know? Amen? The Holy Spirit is to, the only individual or only thing that was supposed to be in control of our lives as Christ follows if we're living in freedom. Are you aware of that? Good. The Apostle Paul said, listen to this verse, he said, I am free to do all things, not just some, not just maybe, but he said, all things, but I am not going to allow anything to control or have mastery of me. Hello, do you understand that? That's saying, he's saying, you have freedom, you have liberties, you can choose to do all things, but let nothing control you, because when you are under letting something control you, now you're not living in and experiencing moral freedom. See, that's the point. It's learning to be able to be set free from areas of strongholds of our life. And then when we ignore them, they become strongholds. Or if we just try and fluff them off, it says, the Bible says it comes back seven times harder at you than what it did before. Let me just give you a quick example, and I don't mean to pick on some of you, if you have a tobacco habit, you understand many of the things that control us or doesn't necessarily, aren't necessarily called sin. But here's what I know, and I've seen this countless times in people's lives. The pressure is on, oh, and, and you're struggling with something, some business deal or some relationship issue or something's happening. All of a sudden, you get a phone call. I've watched this countless times. People get a phone call, and they're... Yeah, you can just tell that it's not going well. And what do they do? While they're even on that phone call, they light up. And they light up because that brings comfort to their anxiety. It brings, it soothes them. It's, it's simply, it's their vice or their thing that they turn to when the pressure or the heat in life is on. And you see, it's, we're talking about moral freedom, a lot, not allowing anything to control us. That's a huge challenge. That's what Paul said. He said, I can do all things. In other words, I can have coffee, but I can't let it control me. Okay, so you have to go, now Mike has to go from 10, 12 cups down to two or three. And, and, that, and, that's, and so when I understand these principles, I can't teach them until I learn how to apply them. D does that make sense? Okay. Very good. You know, here's the deal. Here's where, th here's where, Christianity, many times, we'd like better relationships, better jobs. We, we, we say, we come into salvation. Now, Lord, I just need to be blessed with some finances. Begin to change my marriage. Begin to give me a better job. We, we want to see where Jesus can take us. But are we surrendered to the point where we're willing to listen, to let him lead and guide and control your life so that he can take you where he would like to take you rather than just where you think or want to go? See, there's a big difference. There's a big difference. Where, where Mike wants to go may not be where Christ wants me to go. 
But you see, and many times, I'm not going to go where Christ wants me to go if I haven't surrendered some area of my life that blocks me from getting from here to over here so that I can truly experience moral freedom. And you see, many times it doesn't have to be sin. It can be just little things, little hiccups, little attitudes, little behaviors, little adjustments that God is in, the, in your mind and in your heart is asking you to change, but you keep saying no because it's, I, I can do all things. And so you continue over here, and then you get frustrated, and you wonder, God, why aren't you blessing me? Now, when I share a scripture with you about blessing a little bit later, you're going to uh, need to understand the power of what God's word has to say and the blessings that are contained in it. Just wait. When we get there, you just need to understand this. This is something where I, I, I've banked my hope on, I've banked change on in my life, and I've seen it happen in countless others. And guess what? He'll do it for you. And he'll do it for the rest of us as we begin to learn to apply these principles. Here is where you have an advantage over people that come on Thursday nights. Because you come to church, most of us come with an attitude of, I already know Christ as my Lord and Savior. I'm here to worship the Creator. I'm here to learn from Him. I'm here to talk with Him. And you have that advantage. Here's where the Thursday people, most of them that come, have very limited knowledge to start with about the Lord. But they come because they're sick and tired of pain, abuse, disappointment, hurt, miserableness that have been happening in their lives. And then in between, they learn about Christ. And you see what is very powerful, church, is when you combine the two, when you combine the power of knowing Christ as your Lord and Savior, and then standing up and saying, being able to admit in freedom, I have this issue, or I have struggled with this. And with God's help, I can be set free. I can be changed. I can be the man or woman that he has called me to be. Do you believe that? All right, because he wants us all to experience true freedom and to walk into it like you've never experienced it before. Here's that verse that I wanted to share with you. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 12. I talk to a lot of my people. Hope is the favorite thing that I get to teach on Thursdays. I, people are hurting. People have issues. I just love to be able to teach hope. Listen, look at this. Return to your fortress, O prisoners of hope. In other words, become a prisoner of God's plan for your life. Have hope. And then even now I announce that I will restore twice as much to you. See, that's the blessing. Are you willing to allow God to change your life to get to where you would like to be and to experience what he would like you to experience? If you're not allowing that change, walking in that moral freedom, and then we sit there and we pray for the blessing. But we're not saying, Lord, give me the strength to change what you need me to change. Give me the strength to walk in your freedom that your word says I can have. Give me the strength to become the man or woman and be led by your spirit to follow your plan for my life so that I can walk in. And then it says that he'll restore twice as much as what the enemy has stole, whether it's years, whether it's finances, whether it's healing in our relationships or healing in our bodies. It's there, but he first calls you and I as his followers, as his disciples, to allow his spirit to change our hearts. You need to walk into it. You need to grab it. You need to receive it. You can't just say, okay, 
It's some, my ship's coming one day. People have banked on that. They, they've been saying that when I was a kid, and I'm not a kid anymore. And people are still saying, well, one day my ship's going to come in, or that lottery ticket's going to hit for me. Yeah, and if it does, it's just going to make your life more miserable than what you ever experienced because those issues that you may be struggling with now are just going to be magnified all that more unless you allow God's Spirit to begin to change you from the inside out. That's when he allows you to receive some things differently in life. And, you know, he taught us that in the, parable, in the parables. But to whom much is given, much will be, is required. But when we give little... Or, we, or that you're, you're going to get what you, what you invest in the relationship with Christ. It's just the way it works. Here's the end. Uh, again, just a reminder. So with salvation comes our alcohol habits, our addictions, our pain, our depression, our disappointments, our relationships. All of me comes into the foot of the cross. Now my soul is redeemed. But now Mike needs to be cleaned up, just like you and I need to walk into the freedom that God has for us to experience his best in life. Understand that. It's not just, you know, salvation doesn't mean instantly all problems in life are gone. It simply means the journey of life, of eternal life, has begun. And now I believe so much that scripture that Paul said about working out our salvation. It's not about going out and do works, good works, but it's about us allowing God to work in our lives to peel back the layers of self, to peel back the layers of depression, to peel back the layers of hurt so that I can walk into the freedom that he has planned for my life. That's what really working out our salvation simply means is allowing us that we can walk into moral freedom so that we're set free. You see, he came to set the captives free, and you and I were the captives. We, were, we need to become prisoners of hope. That's when we're walking in true moral freedom. You know, many times when we think of addictions, we usually come up with alcohol, drugs, sexual perversions like pornography, adultery, or homosexuality. So hold on just one second. Don't check out because I just mentioned these key words of addiction. Hold, listen here, some of them may, be, may come up to you. Shopping. Do you know that people can be addicted to shopping? You see, it's something that when there's struggles or pressures are going on in life, they, it's, or maybe, maybe they're feeling lonely, and these little pretties just bring comfort to them. And there's lots of them in the closet, and the, some of the tags aren't even off yet, but we still need to go get some more pretties. You see, how about this? Television. Uh-oh, that's right. <laughs> you know, th this, this past weekend, the guys, we can't get enough basketball. Our, a lot of our bracket bubbles are busted, and a lot of our some of our favorite teams are still moving on. That means there's going to be more games to watch. That's what that comes down to. But how about some of these, all the, all the programming that we just either have to TiVo or TiVo twice, or even if we're out with coffee with friends, we're dialing up on our iPad or our internet and trying to watch it there. Huh? You know I'm telling you the truth. Okay. Here's another one. Sleep. Do you know that we can be addicted to sleep? It's been proven medically the more you sleep, the more you need to sleep. 
Many people, though, will use sleep when they have a lot of pain or even depression or other physical issues going on in their life because it becomes an escape mechanism. It truly does. But here is something. Get this, church. I believe the Holy Ghost. I believe the Holy Ghost has empowered us to confront issues in our life. Are you aware of any issues, anything that we are, through Jesus' name, through the power of the Holy Ghost, we are able to confront issues and become completely free? Not to run, not to hide, not to cover up the mess that we've made in life. And don't walk in shame and guilt because salvation has set you free from shame and guilt. Become a prisoner of hope. When you become a prisoner of hope, it opens the door of healing in your life. It opens the door of forgiveness. Walk through those doors. Walk through the doors of his promises, of his restoration, of his blessings, so that you can truly walk into moral freedom. Do you want it? Have you experienced it? How about this one? Eating disorders. Many people struggle with eating disorders. It brings comfort before guilt. You see, when I was having to recover, and I know a little bit about that too, a lot of these things I've had to learn through trial and error, and then Lord, see, your knucklehead might get your act together. But when I was going through several years of out of work and just recovering from a major physical thing, basically also a little depression set in. Now I make a great pan of brownies. Maureen would be gone to work, and I'd make a pan of brownies and get a glass of milk and eat the whole stinking pan. And then feel guilty about it, right after the shame set in of just what I happened to do. You see, understand, eating disorders can be an issue in our life. And then from there, take, take those who struggle with anorexia. They use food to punish themselves, whether they know it or not. Because they either binge and then purge, or they just purge. And they're using food to discipline themselves because of other disappointment or pain that has happened to them in the past. That's why they continue to do it, because they don't feel worthy. They don't feel good enough. Because of the mistakes of the past. Here's a big one, control. People are addicted to control, and when people who have control issues feel like they're not in control, you know how they act? They act in fear, and they act in anger. And here's a, that's another one that had master, mastery of me for a number of years. In fact, my wife used to have a nickname for me. It was CF, Control Freak. And along with that could come the anger. She could call me that once too often, and I could kick that right over and act like a bamboozling idiot. But now I walk in freedom. I walk in freedom because over time, God's spirit has changed who Mike was. And it's the same body's still here, but the spirit is different. The mind is different because I've been able to walk into freedom. Freedom from self. Freedom from the mess that I had made of my own life. Let me summarize this. Oh, here's one more. It's a good one. Compliments. Do you know we can be addicted to compliments? We need to hear always words of affirmation. Simply what the enemy has put into our mind that's not living in our heart is that I'm not good enough or something's wrong with me. 
And so I need to always hear words of affirmation or approval from somebody. Now let me give you a short moral to that. When I had my dog, when he was still alive, he loved it. Good boy, good boy, good dog. He loved it. Compliments. Little, see, see, like I told you, don't check out with me because it's just not drugs, alcohol, that are addictions or things that we need to be set free from. One of yours still may be coming if you have enough. I haven't hit you yet. <laughs> you see, God is our rock and our fortress and our deliverer. Do you believe that? Amen. Here's the E. Excuses. I'm going to stop with going through the addictions in case you haven't figured that out. Excuses. No more excuses. You see, we need to move forward. We need to move forward. We, you know, the first step that we teach at Celebrate Recovery is denial. In other words, when we first come, we need to be able to move out of where we have been and re recognize and admit that I have an area of struggle so that I can move forward. Ephesians 4.25. If you want to turn in your Bibles to follow along there. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to his neighbor, for we are all members of one body. You see, putting on, being able to speak truth, being able to be honest. I talk to people on Thursdays, and I'll talk to you this morning about that. You need to be able to tell God about what your struggle is, and you need to tell somebody else that you trust. That's the only way if you're not going to continue and want to come and experience the Thursday nights or listen online like hundreds of other people do. If you say, I, I can't come to that, then here's the starting point that you need to do. You need to admit to God what your struggle or where your area is, and you need to tell somebody else you trust because that's the only way that you can begin to break a stronghold. Get it out in the open. You're no longer denying it, but you're admitting what the struggle is now you can walk into freedom. You see, there's wars that have to be fought for freedom. And do you understand that Satan and God are at war for your soul, for your very life? And that's why he, Satan just loves to keep you tripped up, struggling with this, struggling with that, holding on to anger, and then getting depressed. Because, and then we have to medicate it with drugs and alcohol. And then we wonder why we continue on in just such a cycle of craziness and bitterness. And where are the blessings, God? It's because we haven't learned to become a prisoner of hope. It's the process is we always want what we don't have, and we try and put the cart before the horse. You see, God is saying, saddle up, boys. Saddle up, ladies. Tell me what your needs are, but first be open and honest with me. Don't hide from me because he already knows it. Now the real difficulty for you is to go tell somebody that you trust. And get it out there. Get it out there. That's when you can walk in freedom. Let me encourage you simply just to humble yourselves. Just humble yourselves and say, Lord, what is it in my life that you want to take from me? What is it that you want to help me, to allow me to move forward, to become the man or woman that you've called me to be. Let me encourage you to simply just do that. Let me just share a, quick, a few quick facts with you since our Thursday Celebrate Recovery has started about three and a half years ago. Over that amount of time, there's about 125 of you that attend Sunday morning services. And so that is just an awesome blessing that the Lord has brought into this church, helping a number of individuals obtain freedom to become morally free. 
to walk into the relationship with Christ. I think there were four of the ones that he put up there on the, on the baptism screen that started with Thursday night. And so God is doing some good things at this church, great things, in fact. He desires to see souls and lives changed and people set free. That's what God's son came to this earth for. He didn't come so that we could just play church and do church, but he wants you to get to the point where you are the church, where he cleans us up on the inside and goes out and just busts it out, and that leads us to the E, where you're simply excited, where you're, the last E is excited to tell others or invite others to experience the freedom of being a Christ follower. You see, when, you, when these changes, when these things happen to you, it just is natural that you walk into excitement. And others begin to see, hey, Mike's not acting like an idiot anymore. What's going on? You know, or, or, or something's different. Something's different. And, and now they're, they're excited because they like you better. I can tell you my wife likes me or loves me a whole lot better than the old Mike. And it allows me to have more effectively love her as well. When you're excited about that, you naturally want to tell others. Or others will ask you, what's going on? Hey, Lewick, what did you do? Did you buy some wacky tobacco this week? You're so happy. You know, it's, it's what's going on? But you see, if you're excited, you're now naturally going to... How many of us talked with me this morning about the game? Oh, did you see Decker with the timeout? He just said, I want the ball. Goes down in the corner. Last seconds go, and he nailed it. We talk, it's excitement. We talked about that. Now when changes occur in your life, you're just naturally excited to move forward, to say, hey, I'm not going back to where I used to be. I'm going to replace my char old character habits with something new so that when Satan comes at me again, the door is closed. That area of my life is off limits to him because God has begun to heal it. He has begun to set me free so I can walk into moral freedom. Look over at John 8, 36, our last verse for this morning. It says, so if the Son sets you free, you'll be free indeed. Not maybe, not someday, not when this, this journey is going to be over or when I check out and I just walk into heaven. He desires you to experience full freedom in your relationship with him and walk into moral freedom for now into eternity. Pastor Derek? Amen. Thank you, Pastor Mike, for that message this morning. I, um, I just wanted him to stay up here for a minute because I don't know if uh, everybody really understands exactly what goes on here on Thursday nights. Um, Celebrate Recovery is a ministry, like he said, that was started over three and a half years ago, and he and his wife Maureen have been leading that ministry, and I think they've done an absolutely fantastic job. Don't you agree? <clears throat> there are many of you sitting in this room today because of the ministry of Celebrate Recovery, and some of you have had some really hardcore addictions. Some of you have been just dealing with some really hardcore emotional issues and some things from your past, all of the things that God has allowed Pastor Mike and others to speak into your life to help you to move forward. And that's exactly what he was talking about this morning. We need each other, guys. Amen? 
Mm -hmm. We need each other. We need each other because God wants us to walk in true freedom. Amen. He doesn't want us to just have a one-time freedom experience. No. He said, he who the sun sets free is, is free, free indeed. That means he continues in it. He continues to grow in it. You just think you're free now. Look at somebody and say, you just think you're free now. I just <clears> think <throat> I'm free now. I haven't had a chance to do this since I've been here. Um, I, or I haven't taken the opportunity to do it, rather. But I wanted to do it here this morning. And I asked Pastor Mike to hang up here for this reason. I, I don't want to embarrass him by any means. But I just want to give honor to where honor is due this morning with Pastor Mike. And just the amazing job that he and his wife have done. And also, we didn't say anything about this, but we should have. During the interim, whenever our church was without a pastor, Pastor Mike has stepped up at two different times and kept things going and kept this leadership of the church going. And I just want to thank him publicly for that this morning. And I think you should too. <laughs> I think that... I, I value Pastor Mike and the ministry on Thursday. If you haven't gone to Thursday nights, go check it out. It's worth going to. I've been a few times myself, and uh, I go whenever I have the opportunity. And let me tell you, what happens on, there, uh, on that night is special. He teaches, and then they go out and break into small groups and discuss issues going on in people's lives. Let me tell you, there's been freedom. There's been great things happening. And we're only going to move forward from here and grow from here. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, I'm going to ask the prayer team if you guys would go ahead and come up here this morning. If you have any needs, we're going to let you come down after the service this morning and just, uh, just allow us to pray with you. It's not anything strange or kooky or weird. We just want to pray with you and agree with you uh, if you have any needs here uh, whenever we conclude our service this morning. But I want you to bow your heads with me for just a second before we do that. If you're here in this place today and you say, Pastor Derek... I was listening to Pastor Mike speak about freedom. I was listening to him talk about how much God wants us to be free. And I want to experience that freedom in Christ that Pastor Mike was talking about this morning. Maybe you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and, and maybe you've made that commitment, but you say, you know what, I, I feel like I need to just renew that commitment and make a solid commitment. Or maybe you never have made that commitment to Christ, and you need to do it for the first time. Or maybe things were going really well, but you kind of fell away or you didn't really mean it when you prayed. It was just a recital of words in a church service. And if you want to say, Pastor Derek, I want, I want to say that prayer today. I really want to be one who is set free, one who the Son has truly made free. And I want to accept Christ as my Lord and Savior today. I'm not going to do anything weird. I just want, to let, I just want you to let me know that you're here just by simply lifting your hand and putting it right back down. Anybody here in this place today? I see that hand. See that hand. I see that hand. See that hand? You can put it right back down. Anybody else in this place today? Just let me know that you're here. Church, would you repeat this prayer after me? Say, Dear Jesus, I accept you into my heart as my Savior, and I declare that you're my Lord, that you died on the cross for me, and I'll follow you where you lead me, where you say go how you say I should live my life. I submit to you and give you my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.